Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 7, The Runaway. Welcome back. Welcome back. How was your week? It was good. I got to see you in real life. Yes. We, um, Veda and I, we both went on a bachelorette in the Hamptons uh, for our friend's one of our friends Tiffany's bachelorette we talk about her on the show and she will actually be the guest on our next episode yes our guest guest host host. um thanks for covering Tiffany I'm also excited to be able to listen to the pod without like (laughs) analyzing my own voice so it's gonna be fun I'm excited that she's gonna get to be on it but it was such a fun weekend I felt so bougie at the Hamptons like I'm supposed to be living this life I know but um, we're not. We're like corporate <laughs> slaves. <laughs> like the house that we were staying at, like the fact that she just paints and does photographs and has this artistic studio. I was like, I need this house. <laughs> I need. It was such a beautiful house. Like I love the art. The art. Mm-hmm. I loved the book. They had one wall of just an entire bookshelf. Mm-hmm. That was like so cool. Um, so nice to just be by the pool. And there yeah. was like the biggest dog in the world came with us. It was the St. Bernard. It was so big. And then our other friend brought her dog and she's literally six pounds. And it was just so cute seeing them interact with one two another. Two besties, two besties, different sizes. But right now <laughs> I'm kind of in pain because I have a, a lot of mosquito bites oh, no. on my butt. How did I have no mosquito bites. How, what happened? I don't know. I guess I was like sitting on the side of the pool with my feet in and mm. they must have like started biting me around there and they're all scabbed. So you're oh. welcome for that visual, everyone. <laughs> I gotta put some <laughs> gotta put some neosporin on I those. Know, I know, they hurt, but it was such a good yeah. week. And I know we were talking about this, but Mondays in the summer are so hard. You're so hard. It's like you have so much fun on the weekends because it's finally sunny and bright. And especially now because not only is it sunny and bright, it, we're able to do more stuff just because we're all vaccinated. I know. And then we have to work on a Monday. Oh, it's just gross. The suddenness of like everything being totally open, like it's very tiring for me. Like I'm so excited to be out and about, but just my energy levels are very different these days. I feel like I need alone time. I need reset time. Mm-hmm. I need like, I don't know. It just, it's sudden. I'm so happy seeing everyone, but then I'm also like, whoa, there was no transition period. Yeah. I think for me, like, it's okay if I'm like with a bunch of people like this past weekend, we were at a bachelorette, like with the, all the same people. So it was fine to spend like three days together. Yeah. Cause we also all like, like each other. So we, well, obviously we like each other, but like, even when I'm meeting like on other weekends where I like met different groups of people, like I had like I met with one friend on one day, another friend on the other day. It's kind of draining to have these different groups because like in the past, like we would see one person then wait two weeks because of like we need to quarantine yeah. and stuff like that. Now we're seeing all these people on different days and you're like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so tired, but I'm obviously happy about it and stuff. But um, I'm also in a choir, so I'm going to have like Next week, I'm going to be working like eight to four, and then I have rehearsal five to nine for a whole week. Like, who Mm. is that? When is the last time I did so much stuff? I cannot even imagine like taking the subway, (laughs) going to rehearsal, meeting all these new people. I'm like- Sounds exciting though. I'm super pumped and I'm like excited to perform, but I haven't put on my performer hat in a while. So like, I'm excited, but I'm also like, 
wow, the en- I guess adrenaline will come through and give me the energy. <laughs> yeah, it will. I'm sure it will. So it's um, going to be fun. Nice. But yeah, it's been a good week in general. And like, I feel like the summer is just, it's truly a social season right now. I know. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. Do you want to get into the episode? Let's do it. So the gang arrives in a new village and they have some fun, you know, scamming the townspeople. Um, they're able to use, you know, their bending abilities, especially Toph. Toph loves using her earthbending skills to trick the villagers. Um, but Katara is not into it. She heavily disapproves of it and acts very mom-like about it. And as the scams get wilder and wilder, um, the tension between Katara and Toph comes to an all-time high. Katara calls Toph out for rebelling because she actually misses her parents. And Toph calls out Katara for acting like a mom when she's really a child. It was very, very tense. But fortunately, Sokka is able to like mediate the entire situation. And Toph comes to realize that, you know, what Katara is doing is out of love. And Toph actually tries to apologize to Katara about her behavior. To everyone's surprise in the gang, Katara actually wants to pull off the ultimate scam with Toph. And this is actually a very scary and dangerous scam um, mm-hmm. because Toph is now considered wanted as a criminal known as the runaway. Um, she has a huge reward on her head. So Katara is like, why don't we get turn you in, get the reward, and then you can use metal bending to break out. But we later find out that the villagers actually are pulling off a scam of their own and they're working with Combustion Man to trap Toph and capture the Avatar. However, Katara and Toph are actually able to break out of jail using sweat bending, which is a true moment of genius. And (laughs) they help the Avatar and Sokka um, all together escape Combustion Man and go on their way. This episode is so interesting. First of all, like... Two things. One, as we were talking about bachelorette parties, could you imagine Toph at Katara's bachelorette or vice versa? Like they would obviously, they're obviously like bonded and super close friends. But I was like, oh my God, like these ladies would be fighting. I know. I mean, I think a girl's trip, a bachelorette, they would fight the entire time and the soon-to-be bride would be like, oh, guys, please stop. (laughs) Like Like it's Suki's bachelorette or something. I was like, like, oh, my God, these two, these two. And then I also love the idea of scams and like – Remember, was it last summer or two summers ago? It was like the summer of scam with um, the fire fire festival. There was oh, the yeah. Theranos stuff. Um, yeah, right. Caroline Calloway, I guess. Like there's just so many scams at once. And, you know, but like considering the morality of the scam, Toph is like they were planning on cheating us anyway. So there's yeah. no moral issue with the scam. And I kind of agree with her. Yeah, but look at the montage. Like, right, it's you're scamming a con artist. That's fine. Then they go to the carnival and they're scamming the workers at the carnival. And then they, they get into the scam of, um, you know, pretending they got ran over by a car, which is literally illegal. Dying at that <laughs> one. I was like, wow, these guys really went haywire here. I know. It's just I like that montage because it gets crazier and crazier. And you're just like, dude, like you're not like that's not even pretend. I loved the montage. I thought it was a great moment. I loved 
the three of them, like Sokka, Toph, and Aang getting really involved in these scams. And then we see that Katara is actually back at the camp, like making soup and feeding Appa. And, you know, but these guys are all together doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It just shows that like, their f- I really like their friendship and the fact that they're just like doing dumb shit sometimes even though mm-hmm. you're like guys this is escalating but I was yeah. screaming at the TV because I'm like you don't have this much time like yes they yeah. need money but what are they doing yeah I mean they have to train they have to train for the day of Axon which is coming up yeah and Sokka's um. usually so on top of it with his planner and timekeeping like did he just yeah. forget? And yes, just- that was from like two episodes ago. Yeah. Like we have to cut down forty four minutes and stuff like that. But uh, Toph did win him over because remember in the episode, Sokka is like you're wanted and things like that. And she goes, "Well, we could use the money for the attack." And he was like, "Oh, but I do want to like get some armor for Appa." I was loving that imagery. But also, that imagery comes up mm-hmm. in future episodes, which is wild to me that it actually. I love happened. that, and I also <laughs> love the through arc of Sokka's shopping addiction like this man loves a deal he loves to shop (laughs) like him getting that hawk is just one of the funniest things ever like so random (laughs) and like when they are walking around with their last silver coin being like okay what do we buy what do we buy like he's a consumer he is a consumer he's a straight-up consumer um It's kind of sad that like we never see the hawk again. We never see hockey again. But I actually another favorite moment for me, really small moment, was when Sokka and Aang like notice that Katara and Top have been gone for a while and they're getting nervous and they leave the campsite. And he's like to Appa, "You're in charge of <laughs> hockey and Momo." And the two of them start bickering. And I was like, "That is so oh, yeah. funny." This is a really funny episode. Like I love the ongoing spit where. You know, Toph obviously can't read, but everyone forgets mm-hmm. where Sokka like holds up the wanted poster <laughs> and goes, look at this. And Toph is like, well, it sounds like a piece of paper. Like she obviously can't read anything. <laughs> and also like the drawing of Toph in that cracked me up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, and she was like, do I look good? And she looks like a monster. And Sokka's just like, I mean, I think it looks good. Like, that's a lie. And also Sokka being like, let me mediate this situation and write a letter from Toph to Katara saying, I'm sorry. Like, that's so obviously stupid. She can't write. She's blind. But at least they turn, like, Sokka and Aang turn to each other and they're going like, oh, yeah, we're idiots. Love that moment. Yeah. I do have to give props to Sokka for, like, doing a really good job of mediating the conflict between Katara and Toph because I thought the way he did it was so well thought out. The fact that, you know, he talked to Toph and, like, showcased how much he loved Katara and how motherly she is and he was able to be vulnerable so that Toph could be vulnerable as well and showcase, like, I love Katara. Like, she's more compassionate than my own mother that kind of stuff and having you know Katara secretly be listening mm-hmm. in I just thought that was really smart it was such a moment of maturity from Sokka like he was really just was. he handled that in such a mature way like you know having a one-on-one conversation with Toph like making her feel comfortable mm-hmm. like she's like yes Katara's so annoying he's like yeah I know she's annoying but explaining the backstory, helping her connect back to the behavior. Like, I love this side of Sokka. And of course, I like his goofy side too. But I like that they show all these different facets of his personality. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a guy who's going to yell sneak attack 
while going <laughs> and trying to sneak up on someone. And Aang is like, dude, you don't announce a sneak attack before you go. <laughs> but then he's that also someone who understands group dynamics. He mm-hmm. understands ways to communicate these emotions. And it was really sad, you know, that the fact that Katara had to grow up and feel that pressure with the loss of her mom to be able to take care of things and, you know, like being mm-hmm. raised with her grandmother who maybe wasn't at at the health level. And then also the sadness for Sokka for never really knowing his mom. And like... Oh, that was really sad. Yeah. I got chills when he said that. It's like, I don't even know, remember my mom's face. It was such a powerful moment. And like, you know, when you think about it, Katara is always the one who talks about the loss of their mom mm-hmm. you know she like when she's out seducing the dudes with her grief <laughs> my mom died <laughs> my mom died so <laughs> but we don't really hear Sokka talk about it and I also was happy like as you said I was really happy that Katara got to hear it because that helped her to put things in perspective and like yeah she was obviously feeling offended when Toph was like, you're such a mom. Like, you don't have to mom mm-hmm. us. You don't have to do it. And then maybe she hate, like she probably hates doing it too, you know? Like, sometimes yeah. you don't want to be the disciplinarian of the group. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she is the mom of the group, it's just like, that seems like, I've been seeing a lot of that on TikTok, probably because I'm the oldest daughter, but like, older, oldest Asian daughter trauma of like being the mom of the group or yeah. being a mother to your younger siblings and things like that. And it seems like she's going through that. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that older daughter of an immigrant vibe is it's rough because sometimes it's like, oh, I might not have had the chance to be a full kid or like mm-hmm. how come it's put on the daughter. Like, let's say the first child was a son like some it, you don't ever see it on the other side. I mean, Sokka's older than Katara, but he she acts like the mom. So yeah. it's kind of like weird. Um, and I think that's the re- that's obviously the reason why she wants to pull off the scam in the first place is because she's like, you know what? Like, I know I was insulted that like Toph called me the mom of the group, but like hearing how much I am a mom, like, yeah, that's great. But like, I'm more than just a mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a kid at the end of the day. So maybe what Toph said helped as well for her to actually want to do what the rest of the gang is doing and pull a scam. But the thing is, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that scam was so dangerous. Why did they assume it would be a metal cage, you know, that they would be in? I think it's weird that it wasn't a metal cage. It just seemed so random. Yeah, it was very random. I thought it was a weird storyline because like, you know, like they're like, it's made out of wood. But no, literally no one knows about metal that night. I know. Like three people know about it. So like how all of a sudden it's a wood, it's a wooden I don't know. Do you think like the information came through Combustion Man? Like, or was it just like a bad stroke of luck? But who else knows about metal bending? I don't know. Because like we know that she just started metal bending. Like she only metal bended like in two episodes. Yeah. And they don't know she can do it. So I don't know. I thought that was weird. But like when I saw the scam, I was like, oh, God, this is really dangerous. And they really like took it too far almost. And like it's proven that they did. I did really enjoy Toph and Katara's conversation in the prison, though. I really like that they did have that heart-to-heart of just saying, like, basically, I'm sorry to one another. Mm-hmm. And it just showcases, like, that they really are friends at the end of the day, um, even if they fight. <laughs> They're both headstrong, I think. And, like, mm-hmm. it's easy to butt heads. Sometimes you may see a vulnerability in your friend, but then, like, they may not admit it. And that, like, you can't mm-hmm. force someone to see that about themselves, right? You know, she's like, you need to talk to your parents. You need to get rid of your guilt because that guilt is turning into anger. And then Katara Mm -hmm. needs to like ease 
up on her pressure on herself that she puts on herself. So it's like the two of them see their flaws and know how to fix it. And then they're not agreeing to do it. So they butt heads. Like in the first scene when they are training Aang and they get so distracted and start fighting each other rather than training. Like their energies are just like they butt heads. I also thought it was interesting too because in the very beginning they are like they were like really fighting right and we haven't seen them even really interact that much with each other in previous episodes so at first I was like when I watched this episode like wow this feels a little random like we know they randomly get into tits and tats but for them to just automatically be fighting each other I'm like that didn't build up from anywhere at all you know what I mean I thought that was interesting they put some hints to it you know that these two like earlier on when Toph joined the group like they just they yeah. don't fully get along but we haven't seen it that much because it's very rare that we have like a true group episode to see like what does everyone talk mm-hmm. about you know like yeah. we've seen Sokka and Aang's relationship like they kind of go to their silly boyish sides they bring that mm-hmm. out within each other we've kind of seen like Aang and Toph and we've seen Aang and Katara like we've seen Aang with each of them But it's very rare that we see how the whole group interacts when they're not fighting crime, Mm -hmm. you know, when saving the world. (laughs) But I think it's interesting to see what are the other group dynamics. Yeah, but it just I felt like they didn't even need to have that first scene of them all of a sudden fighting because I feel like it would naturally the tension between Toph and Katara would naturally have built up just by the fact that. Toph wants to do a scam. Yeah, right it's just away. so weird that they were like, they started, they structured the episode like that and they were like three days earlier, you know? like I like that. I kind of liked it. What What is that called again? Um, like Medius Rex. Um, I thought that was really cool because we've never seen that before. I think it's the only episode that does it, that. It, that's um, why I thought it felt weird because I was like, we've never really seen this. Um, I get, I kind of get why they did it just so you know what we're looking for like why are these two fighting like what's going on i feel like the later we go on in the show they take more risks because Mm -hmm. the show is so established so i do appreciate that them that they are trying something different so Mm -hmm. i kind of like that part oh one thing that really made me laugh was when they accuse katara of being too much of a mom and not being fun and then she's like i'm fun and then she takes (laughs) momo and puts momo on her head and it reminds me of that tiktok slash meme of that that girl being like oh my god i'm so random and quirky and then she puts like a (laughs) bunch of peas on her head at the grocery store and then she's like hoping her boyfriend takes a picture of her and she's like did you take a picture like isn't that funny and i was like oh my god that was such a moment that (laughs) i was like that meme personified oh my gosh that is true um but i thought it was funnier when she was like "Ang, i'm not a mom and stop mumbling when you talk and things <laughs> yeah, like that, that was, was like, oh, really doing such a mom she is truly a mom and also the moment where she finds out that Toph is considered the runaway and then Toph is like why were you going through my stuff and she's like it wasn't oh tidy gosh. it wasn't even- it was like that's classic mom and daughter rebellion yes. like, like mom and rebellious daughter like that's like textbook i know and it's like katara you're not that old <laughs> i know but she, i guess she does have a lot of responsibility like yeah, i get it does. like i get, I it, get but... it more from katara's perspective than from toff's perspective perspective in the sense that like you like you why are you drawing attention to yourselves i thought toff was being so stupid like okay fine she was being one, too stupid one scam you know get through your rebellion phase but like 
hello guys you have a major th- issue and you're on a time crunch like and also you guys should not stand out you're team yeah. avatar you know what i mean like if anything do a scam then go to another town and do a scam if you really need to get more of it out yeah. but don't do it all in one place you it know was actually mean? so irresponsible and yeah the fact that like she was getting attention to herself was it like she ultimately wanted her parents to know about her like you know what i mean was it actually oh, maybe, like yeah. a cry for help because she attention. talks about a lot of her guilt and she has a lot of growing up issues because she had like helicopter parents who didn't really know mm-hmm. her but then she felt a lot of pressure to please them you know and she obviously yeah. never really wanted to disappoint them which is why she was so secretive about her life because she doesn't want to hurt yeah. them I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, and I like that she, uh, Sokka and Toph are talking about knowing that she's like a wanted person. Her nickname is The Runaway. And she's like, cool. Like, that's so cool. I have a name. Like, what do I look like? Like, you know what I mean? I think she does want like that star power of being like, wow, I'm a cool rebel and things like that. Like, she definitely likes some attention. I mean, the fact that she used to Mm -hmm. fight in the ring and, like, go in the ring. Like, so we do know that she's a performer, (laughs) you know. (laughs) She's – that's that's my tough energy a little bit. Like, she likes the attention. She's a performer. She likes to get in the ring. She likes to fight. She likes to challenge. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's also funny when she's in the jail with Katara. She's like, you're my favorite person to argue with. Like, it's fun to argue with you. So it's almost like they both also like to fight. But uh, Katara, I don't think, is as much of, like, an attention seeker. Like, I feel like that's kind of the... she is either. Yeah, that's the bonding between Aang and Toph is that they both are performers. Yeah, and, you know, like, because I think it's only because Katara is too busy being a mom, unfortunately. You know, she never had the luxury of it. But I want Um, Katara to have fun. Like, I was getting depressed when she was sitting there cooking and, like, doing the camp stuff like that. And all her friends are, like, out there. Like, you can really feel that pain. That sucks. I know. She was, like, left out and stuff like that. I'm sure that's another reason why she was more upset than usual. Yeah, and that's probably why she does take it out on top. Because when it was Mm -hmm. only the three of them, the original crew, like, they usually wouldn't leave her to go hang out. Yeah, that is kind of weird that they did leave her out. Also, like that village was kind of wild. Um, I love so like weird. the the, cr- the crazy statue. This there was so much pollution and yeah. like the car. Like I was so funny. I was watching this with my boyfriend, and he's like, "What is up with the Fire Nation and carnivals?" Because like they love to party. Fire Nation. They love to party. For sure. And I guess they're all celebrating how amazing the Fire Nation is. So that True. means a carnival every week or a party every week to like worship your leaders. But yeah, the village <laughs> was so odd when they're walking down the side and you see those huge um, like you see those huge factory things and the smoke yeah. blowing out and the, the crazy s- statue. Yeah, the like crazy. The fire, yeah, <laughs> the small alleyways, the carts. You also didn't see that many like people or like fruit sellers out and about like it had a more like but also the the area where the gang was camping was beautiful with the waterfalls Mm -hmm. so it seems like in the fire nation there's a lot of beautiful scenery and things like that but it seems like everyone's congested into a small Mm city-like town to work in the factories and things like Mm -hmm. that and it's just so different than what we see in 
the Earth Kingdom and the wa- different water ties or everyone see it all just seems a little bit more rural mm-hmm. minus Bossing say. Yes. But it seems like if you want the opportunity to live in the countryside, you can. I don't know if you can really do that in the Fire Nation. Yeah, it seems like there's no amenities or ways to get around. And I feel like everyone's like congested in these cities. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like natural area, like untouched. And they're probably using the colonies for resources. Oh, that's true. The colonies. The colonies. AKA the Earth Earth Kingdom. I know. Um, I kind of missed Zuko in this episode. I feel like- I know you did. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I liked this episode. It was fun. And I think I'm glad we needed it because, you know, we need those beats of rest within the storytelling. But I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. I just want to go on to the next thing. Like You just want to see Zuko's face. Let's be real. I mean, it's true. But speaking of cute boys, Aang looks, man. <laughs> no, oh. Aang, Aang looks cute with his hair. I like his hair. Yeah, I think maybe this is when Katara is like, mm, he cute, you know, because yeah, there was flirtation in the headband episode and things like that. He's growing up. The fighting in this episode was really good. Like, I love yeah. the moment. Well, obviously, we didn't talk about this, but the sweat bending. Like that was what, amazing. What a moment of genius. And then using like water to block off Combustion Man's face. Yeah, I thought that was really smart. I just thought like really she had to be sweating so much if she was going to like really Saw rip the through. Wood. I get we do witness her and Aang doing that in the past episode. The drill. They're trying to drill into Ba Sing Se and Katara and Aang realize they don't need to break everything fully. Mm-hmm. They just need to hit everything oh, true. a little so, bit. So maybe that's how they broke out so quickly. But I was like, mm. at first I was like, uh, she needs to sweat a lot. Granted, if she was in our house in Sag Harbor, she would have been fine because the it was 100 degrees and the the air conditioning did not work. So if our water belt bending skills were activated, we would have been making some fans <laughs> with the water or kind of doing like fake water guns made with water. That's what I would have constructed. No, we would have had a freaking pool in the actual house. That's what we would have been doing. And then turning it into ice to like cool us down. I also like when Toph was like Oh, she's so sweaty and stinky, <laughs> but she's I a know. genius. But she's a genius. <laughs> she's a genius. Yeah, that was so smart, the sweat bending. And like we realize, especially in the next episode, the puppet master, like how water water isn't everything and it could be utilized. If, if you're creative, you could use it anywhere. It was such a smart way to end this episode by bringing yeah. to light sweat bending as it leads us to, you know, what else you can bend with water. I, mm-hmm. It just ties together really well and it's cool to see like we've seen that you know earth bending can become metal bending and it just shows how these people are expanding the styles of bending because it's like they're Mm -hmm. doing a lot of self-training but then again ties into this deep thing it's like there's so many layers right like Mm -hmm. ultimately all bending is one like all the separate things are work together so they're really bringing in those themes home and it's like it's so cool. I was like watching them fight and I was like, I cannot believe they're self-taught. That Well, they're not really. I mean, I know they've all had self-taught. masters. They all had masters. But how much they've improved. The fact that they're taking time and training on their own. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the enormity of their task while watching the episodes like hits me. I was like, I mm-hmm. cannot believe these kids are doing this enormous task. They're so young. And I even when you watch Legend of Korra, you think like, wow, like Aang was so powerful just because like 
they don't portray Korra to be as powerful mm-hmm. as Aang was, which is very unfortunate and they I mean, should have, but problematic a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe that they did this. And then also like Toph bringing attention to the fact that like they don't have their parents with them. They they are there by themselves, you know? It's just like yeah, they're taking care of themselves, they're raising themselves, and then they're gonna save the world. Like Yeah. And it's also crazy, this is all happening in a summer, right? Like yeah. Anger trying to master all the elements, but he only has like a little amount of time to actually do it. So it, it's just crazy how quickly they have to move in it. And because they only have a summer, I cannot believe that they took the time to do all these scams. I know, I know. <laughs> Can we talk about combustion man for a little bit? Yeah. Because like Speaking of like different types of bending, like where did his third eye come from? Like how does he have this ability to shoot like fire out of his third eye? Like who and it's is so focused, and it really feels like he really brought the deep intensity of fire and bringing it. We never yeah. learn about it, do we? No, and I wish we did. Um, they talk about it a little bit in Korra. There's another character that has the same um, ability as him. But I wish, I would love to hear his backstory because I know we've seen Combustion Man in a previous episode. We'll see him in a few other episodes. But I never noticed that he has one arm made out of metal and mm-hmm. another leg, like a prosthetic leg made out of metal. Oh, and like, how did he lose his arm and his leg? Like, like why does he, he have a third a eye? I feel like the, the yeah. third eye, he must have, he seems like someone who did a lot of like yoga and meditation and mm-hmm. like opened up his third eye. Maybe like he was injured and then like as he was healing from battle, he was strengthening other aspects of himself yeah. because he doesn't have the arm and the leg. So he like did all this meditation, opened this up and the third eye gives you like deep focus and power but you're apparently not supposed to have it open all the time but the fact that he has it open all the time is he's very focused it's bad and then he's i mean he's a bad person yeah he's a bad person he's using his powers for evil like he's using it to kill and get paid he's an assassin yeah, that is true. But you got to make money. I would love to see your fan fiction oh my of God. the origins of Combustion Man. Should I do a fan you, fiction? You just started it. A fanfic about Combustion Man? <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? You started off pretty well. Uh, I would love to hear that. <laughs> so, yeah, he's kind of creepy. I actually like his element in the season, and I like that they bring mm-hmm. it in. I think it's a powerful move for the show, like the Bring tying in the aspect that they're still being chased, but now they're being mm-hmm. chased by someone else. Someone. I, who is, you know, who paid Zuko? Yeah. Like Zuko paid this person to track them down. So at the end of the day, Zuko is always trying to find them. It's in a different form <laughs> and it like frees it up. So yeah. I think it's a great storytelling device. I I really enjoyed that. I like his annoying presence, you know, in the show. Yeah. Um, overall, I thought it was a really fun episode. I love that we get to we do get to see the group dynamics a little bit more in this episode. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wish it was just like written into the show, but I guess it's only 25 minutes, so it's hard yeah. to do that. But like I'm glad we get to see a little bit of the group dynamics, the tension between Toph and Katara. And I also like learning more about Top. I really like that Katara has been actually like psychoanalyzing Top. You know, like they mm-hmm. spe- all spend so much time together. So they know all this stuff about each other. The fact that Top is like guilty with her parents and she doesn't even want to admit it, but Katara can see it. Like it just shows the depth of the relationships. I thought the fighting was awesome in this. Um, 
the scams were really funny. But overall, I think coming off of the last episode, I almost I kind of missed that intensity and backstory of this. So this episode always feels like a little bit of a valley to me. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm going to give it a four. A four out of five. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think um, this is a really good standalone episode. And when I tend to rewatch the show and I put on a random episode, this tends to be one that I put on a lot because it's a really good standalone episode in the sense that you have the comedy mm-hmm. of the scams. You have Sokka being so funny. Mm-hmm. You have the you have the interesting drama, though, of Katara and Toph fighting and where you do learn those group dynamics. So it, there is the seriousness of that drama. You have the action because of Combustion Man. So it has a lot of really great elements. And although it doesn't really push the plot forward it is a really good standalone episode so i'm going to give it a higher rating of 4.5 out of 5 and also like i just love the fact that we focus on both katara and top and i know that sounds silly but like their girls episode did episode. not it's a girl's episode it does not revolve around ang and there were so many moments while i was watching this episode i'm like oh passes the bechdel yeah, test passes the bechdel test so i really like that they did focus on like their own relationship instead of focusing on like Sokka's relationship or focusing on like them talking about Sokka or Mm -hmm. them talking about the avatar. Like it was just nice that they focused on each other. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah, It was a fun watch. Can't wait for the next episode where we will have a guest host. Yeah. Tiffany. Um, So please come back. Listen in. Yeah, like, subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and leave a review, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.